Hello, and welcome to the Wheel of Crime podcast. This podcast is ran by two ladies who play games, mumble profanities, and laugh way too often. Also, this podcast does cover topics of sensitive nature, and as such, listener discretion is advised. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Wheel of Crime podcast. My name is Emily. And my name is Jen. Just kidding. Uh, it'll be me by myself this week because Jen is way too busy being cooler than everybody else, which is all the time. But uh, in that case, this means that I get to uh, have you guys all to myself, which does not happen very often. You know, I feel kind of like... You know, uh, the, the parent who, like, waits for the other parent to be gone, and then they're like, oh, yeah, well, now that so-and-so's not here to tell us to not eat ice cream and do all these things that we shouldn't be doing, we're gonna do all those things anyways. So, this is gonna be fun, um, for me. Um, <laughs> hopefully everybody else is okay with this chaotic ride I'm about to bring us on. Uh, but I suppose, um, as far as, like, my week is gone because it's tradition that we have to talk about our week and just uh, ramble in general. Um, what have I done this week? This week, hmm, I did work because that's just life. Um, I don't know. I feel like I just have been in general watching a lot of like anime lately. I was playing the new Rune Factory 5 game, which I don't know. I kind of got, I have some mixed opinions about it. Personally, it kind of plays in. So, in case any of the li- of our uh, lovely listeners, or I guess my listeners, I'm not sharing you guys today, care at all. Uh, Rune, so Rune Factory Four, I thought was a really good game, um, but Rune Factory Five, which is supposed to be like, it's not like a sequel of the other game. It's supposed to be like just the next game in the franchise, and it like they definitely made some upgrades as far as like visual goes, which is nice. Um, but the stories themselves, so it's a very, like, story-based game. Like, of course, there's, like, you know, the farming element to it and the fighting monsters or whatever else you're supposed to do in it. Uh, but story-wise, it actually kind of felt a little weak. Like, the, well, okay, I'll take that back. Main story was fine. Like, there's, like, a, the overarching story, which is, like, why you play the game. And that one was fine. But there's also kind of, like, because you're a villager, you can, like learn like a big part of the game is like learning about the other villagers and then like eventually like you can like convince one of them to marry you or I guess force them they don't really get a choice um but as but there's like some things where you talk to certain villagers and you really expect there to be more out of whatever they're sharing with you it kind of feels like like it doesn't matter how high your friendship level is with anybody like they just never tell you anything but maybe that means it's closer to real life than what I'm expecting but that being said, that is my opinion on that. And besides that, um, I have been trying to read a lot more lately. So, like, this last week, I was just kind of, like, uh, you know, burning my way through my local, my, like, my, like, normal thing that I have been doing, which is reading a lot of, like, fantasy novels, because Akatar, which I've already told you guys before, and probably Jen, because I tell her everything, uh, has become, like, my thing. I guess recently like I've always loved fantasy but I kind of refell back in love with it so I've been like reading through different authors and you know it's really interesting to see how uh different authors definitely have different writing styles and all that but it's a nice refreshing thing um but yeah no uh 
I unfortunately was deceived and picked up a Omegaverse novel, which if you don't know what that is, I didn't know what that was up until it started to get like re- weirdly like 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 not even primitive, but like it kind of so here's the thing. I read it and I'm not proud. I'm just not. And <laughs> I genuinely had no idea what was going on. And then all of a sudden they started talking about like an alpha or something. And I was like, this is a little weird. And then uh, obviously if you know what I'm talking about, you know what happens next. And I'm just going to say that it feels weirdly enough. Like if you were to take like, um, like primal, like barbarian hits woman with club bone idea and then somehow made it into like a like weirdly uh, I don't know it definitely reads like a fetish I have to say it it reads like a fetish not my thing um but having done research since then because of course afterwards I was like okay what is this thing because it was included in the title I just kind of thought it was maybe like a universe thing that the author had created. It's not. Surprise. I'll leave this for you guys to Google because personally, I am now traumatized, so to speak. But I guess that's just how it is sometimes. And personally, like I said, not for me. But you know what? A lot of you guys seem to like it, or maybe not you guys, but just like people in general. And you know what? Good for you. I feel like this world is like a really big place sometimes with lots of different types of people And lots of different types of interests. And I really do learn something new every day. But you know what, though? I will say, as somebody who's chronically online, I'm shocked. Shocked. I'd never heard of this before. Because now, all I can see on my social media is, like, little, like, um, webtoon prompts and, like, things on my TikTok now that are like, blah, 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 Omegaverse, Alpha, Beta, Omega, blah, 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 blah. And I don't like it. But it seems popular. Good for them. Good for them. But besides that, because apparently I'm really good at going into tangents when I'm literally by myself with my two very silent yet fluffy uh, co-hosts that I have with me today. Um, I guess this is kind of the point of the show where we get into spinning the wheel of questions. Um, Since Jen's not here, this is going to be really interesting. Uh, So I have a random answer generator pulled up in front of me. And we'll see if it's like on par with how Jen would answer these questions, all right? So, let's get into it. All right, so what is your favorite underwater creature? Question mark. So, uh, Jen, the random answer prompt to what your favorite underwater creature is says definitely not which you know I do feel like she in general is not a fan of most things in the ocean so that's probably accurate um yeah I'll take it so for myself though so what is my favorite underwater creature um I don't know see uh when it comes to underwater creatures I really feel like the more I learn about them the less I want to know about them in general mostly um, I don't know. I mean, tropical fish are nice for the most part. 
Like, obviously, like, people put them in fish tanks, so, I mean, most people probably feel that way. Uh, what else? Mm, oh, I do actually really like whale sharks. Again, I feel like that's probably a popular one with most people. I don't know. I, th I feel like at one point in my life, I probably would have said dolphins, but th that's one of the things where the more I learn about it, the more I'm like, hmm, maybe not for me. They're a little aggressive and a little bit creepy sometimes. Um, hmm. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe seahorses? They're pretty cool. Um, yeah. I mean, I guess that's all, what I'll have to go with. I'm, I don't know that much about the ocean. I just know that sharks are very creepy, uh, in general. And, like, I like them from, like, afar, but, uh, sharks are one of those things where, like, uh, being in the ocean and then thinking about that is, like, the last thing I ever want to do. So I'm pretty okay with not uh, having those as, like, one of my favorite creatures. But, you know, they can be cool on their own. I mean, whale shark's still technically a shark. Is it, though? You know, I don't actually know if a whale shark is a real shark. Because they eat plankton. Or what makes a shark a shark? What makes a shark a shark? Hmm. Well, there we go. More things to find out someday. But let's move on to our next question. All right. So how do you feel about deep water? <laughs> so the random uh, prompt says no. And that also checks out. Uh, I, Jen, with her fear of pirates, she probably also has a fear of walking the plank. I feel like walking the plank, pirates would probably put you into deep water. So, I mean, I see, I see only facts. I mean, that checks out. So, uh, about myself, oh, I hate it. I hate deep water. The thought of being in the ocean, just like as an example, and not being able to, like, see or know what's underneath me, especially because of, like, how huge the ocean is, is terrifying. I hate it. Makes me extra nauseous and then it's like people always tell me to they're like oh like can you imagine just like being like in the ocean or something and then like you can't see anything and something touches your leg i would just have a heart attack and die i don't even think my brain would rationally be like oh well it could be many things what about sunfish what about this thing i just genuinely think that i'd be like you know what it's my time to go and this is it I'm going to be dragged down to my deaths and nobody will ever find me and that'll be the end. And uh, then I would just have a heart attack and, that, and be toast and that's it. That's just how it goes. Goodbye forever from Emily to everybody else. So that's how I feel about deep water. I know it's not dramatic at all, but um, besides that, let's move on to our next question. So... The question is, have you ever heard of submeca, no, submechanical phobia? Question mark. It's very likely she does have a TikTok, so I mean, she's probably heard of it before. This was very popular on social media, or especially TikTok, that's where I remember it from. I want to say, like maybe a year ago um because basically uh a bunch of people were sharing videos of abandoned underwater theme park animatronics and 
I'm gonna, I won't lie to you. After seeing some of these videos, I'm like, you know what? If I was a swimmer person who owned suits for diving and that was a part of my life, um, I live in a landlocked country in the middle of literally, uh, like, cow town, so that would never happen. Um, but say if I did, I feel like, uh, finding something that's, like, an underwater animatronic that's been abandoned and, like, looks grungy and just, like, a- basically at that point I feel like it looks like a zombie. Oh yeah, I'd be terrified. That would be awful. Terrible. Terrible. I would hate that. I really would. Um, I feel like there's nothing really to add on to that, but if you guys are curious, you can always Google it and kind of see what the deal is. And it's definitely deeply unsettling, but would I necessarily have nightmares about that? Probably not. I am way more likely to have nightmares about being in the ocean and not feeling what's underneath me or seeing it and then uh, being touched. I think that that would show up in my nightmares for sure. That to me is substantially more creepy. So let's then move on to our last question. So what is your favorite world mystery question mark yep of course so to this i would say jen loves mysteries um her favorite mystery i can't imagine is anywhere um related to the ocean she does really like crime and was a journalist so i'm gonna say her favorite mystery was probably the Jack the Ripper mystery about who exactly Jack the Ripper was because I know that's a very popular one that people in the true crime community love. So I will say that one for her. I mean, she answered that herself uh, using um, a prompt generator with me, obviously, um, as her voice piece. But for myself, what is my favorite world mystery? Hmm... I don't know. I feel like there's so many good ones. Mm. I don't know. That's a hard question. I know that, like, I wrote the question, but, like, I don't know. It's a hard question. Definitely gives you... It's food for thought, for sure. Mmm. World's favorite mystery. I mean, I could always go back to, like, when I was a kid. I was very, like, um, interested in the story of Atlantis. And then it's interesting to me today that like, obviously, you know, it comes up every now and again where people are like, the last city of Atlantis, blah, 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 blah. We have found these different things. Could it be Atlantis, blah, 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 blah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I would love to know if uh, the reason why that is a such a, a commonly brought up, uh, I guess, myth or legend or like, um, like folktale, I guess. I'm not really sure what category it falls into, but I'd love to know what the reasoning is behind it. Like if there was potentially not necessarily like an Atlantis or, but like maybe just like a nation of people who lived strictly on the water and then something happened to them. I think that'd be really interesting. And then, yeah, no, just seeing kind of like where, where that actually originates from. Because, uh, as we probably already know by this point in the podcast, if you're still listening to us, which by the way, whew, you deserve, like, a gold medal, a high five, um, a, 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 so many things. 
Um, it's been a, a rough ride for some things, but um, if you have been around, you would know that in general, most of the stories that I share, whether they are, are a myth or a legend or any of these things, they usually have some sort of historical significance or they're based on like a real life event that happened and it just kind of like morphed in, into being a little bit more um, storytelling-esque, a little bit more fictitious over time and sometimes that's how we get certain things. So I, w I would be interested to see kind of what that was uh, based on um, in general because I don't actually know if that's something that's been... Uh, figured out yet so that could be cool and then um i mean yeah that's that's basically it but with that my questions are now over so next i'm gonna go and read the description so <clears throat> mariana's trench is the canadian pop rock band from vancouver british columbia formed in 2001 by high school friends <laughs> i'm just kidding guys by the way um, but just saying. In case you needed a reminder of who those guys are, love them. I mean, their music, I, I don't know. Do I love them? I don't honestly know that much about the band, but I feel like I have to say that now because so many artists have made art that I enjoy, but then you find out more about like, the person or the group and you're like ooh yeah these guys mm, not my favorite so i will just say that i do really enjoy their music it's a good throwback for me but um just so you guys know i'm not talking about the band mariana's trench that has nothing to related to what we do on this podcast so i'm gonna tell you instead about the mariana's trench that is located in the western pacific ocean about 200 kilometers or 124 miles east of the Mariana Islands. It is the deepest oceanic trench on Earth. It is crescent-shaped and measures at about 2,550 kilometers or um, 1,580 miles in length and 69 kilometers or 43 miles in width. And the maximum known depth is about 10,984 meters uh, or 36,037 feet um, at the southern end of the small slot-shaped valley on its floor known as the Challenger Depth. Woo! So, um, yeah, that's my description, guys. I know it's really cool. Um, maybe you've heard of it before, maybe not, but... Either way, I'm going to tell you a story about the Marianas Trench, and it's going to be really cool, because I wrote it. So, um, one of the strangest things, and one might say criminal things, about our world today is how much people don't know about what goes on in the ocean surrounding us. We know way more about what goes on in space than we do about these deep places that make up the world we live in. One of these places we are still learning about is what we call the Marianas Trench. So, below I have excerpts of different discoveries found in the Marianas Trench that we still don't entirely have an understanding of or really a true answer as to why they occurred. So, to start, sounds have emanated from the Marianas Trench that are mysterious biometallic sounds and they sometimes emanate from the trench or uh, that sometimes emanate from the trench and it's heard. Uh, duh. Um, but marine researchers have dubbed this almost mechanical twangy noise 
as the Western Pacific Biotwang, and it first turned up in 2014 uh, when scientists recorded ocean sounds near the Marianas. Oh boy. Marianas Trench with diving robots called Passive Acoustic Ocean Gliders. So, the complex 3.5 second sound turned up several times during the research period. And while it seemed mysterious, scientists eventually decided that the most likely culprit is a mink whale. A a particular, it is particular, but also peculiar. Small whale that can sound like a Star Wars sound effect. Um, However, the mink whales themselves remain largely a mystery to science. And they still have no idea what this call is about or why it's been recorded year-round. Incidentally, this isn't the first time the elusive mink whales have puzzled scientists. For 50 years, researchers were puzzled by a strange duck-like underwater sound that seemed too repetitive and rhythmical to be anything but man-made and far too loud to be a fish. We didn't figure out what this bio-duck sound was. Uh, We didn't figure out that this bio-duck sound uh, was mink whales, though, until 2014. So up until then, people were just kind of like perturbed by this like super weird sound coming from the Marianas Trench. They have it figured now to be mink whale, um, for the most part, but, um, that seems to be the deal with that, um, or at least the understanding we have of that now, so, um, moving on to my next one, though. So, when listing deep sea dangers, what you wouldn't expect are massive mud volcanoes spewing hot mud and rock fragments from the depth of the earth to, uh, well, what we're talking about, which is the depths of the sea. So... Still, such natural structures exist within the Marianas Trench. Why do I keep saying Mar- Mar- Mariana? I'm not- I'm not Southern. I've just got idiot. Okay, let's try that again. Marianas Trench, which exists in a spot where the Pacific tectonic plate is pushed downwards by the Phil- Philippian Sea Plate. This makes the area a hotspot of volcanic activity, and the mud volcanoes are part of this deal. So, incidentally, this massive geological structures bring warmth to the kinds of depths where there where very little would otherwise exist. Thanks to the heat and minerals of the vo- of the mud volcanoes, researchers have found evidence of microbial life as deep as six miles underneath the Marianas Trench. This is a hint that life may survive in all kinds of extreme environments that we have yet to truly comprehend. As project leader Oliver Plumper puts it, this is another hint at a great deep biosphere on our planet. It could be huge or very small, but there's definitely something going on that we don't yet understand. And if that quote wasn't ominous enough, the Marianas Trench can up its volcanic game to an even weirder level because it's also home to a submarine volcano that spews molten sulfur and another one where the eruptions are liquid carbon dioxide. So, in recent history, there's been concepts of giant megalodon sharks lurking in the Marianas Trench, as, a, as another interesting thing about it. So, um, there's been lots of conspiracy theories about megalodons secretly haunting the seas, and they've been around for a long time. And in general, like, what better location for them to hide their existence from us, you know, puny humans, than the deepest pit in the sea? So... There is a possibility that there's a small population of megalodon sharks that have already evolved to live at those depths before the larger population of megalodons went extinct. 
Therefore, when the environmental changes occurred that led to the perceived extinction of the megalodon shark, the population that lived at great depths continued to thrive while the sharks who lived in shallower water died off. So, we see this possibility at other locations where megalodon is said to still exist. So the coast of South Africa is one place where fishermen have allegedly witnessed massive sharks that are over 30 feet long, which is insane, by the way. So um, besides that, there's also uh, the Hadal Deep, and it is technically a joint moniker for the deepest parts of the ocean all around the world, but the Marianas Trench is where it is still at its absolute most unforgiving. Um, the zone is named after the Greek mythology underworld Hades, and fittingly enough, um, it's so intensely hostile to human life that more people have been to the moon than they've ever ventured there. So that would be either the Marianas Trench or the Hadal Deep, which is kind of similar deep points like the Marianas Trench, but all around the world. Um, and this is a big part of why it holds so many mysteries. To keep people alive and equipment intact in the pressures of the Hadal Deep is extremely difficult. Um, eventually, uh, the pressure is so intense it will crush vessels. There's not any oxygen. Um, the pressure on human bodies itself is a lot. So we have yet to get to a point where we can kind of safely explore those areas. And that's another reason why we haven't. So, um, But to kind of move on to another interesting part of the Marianas Trench. Um, there's a couple things. But basically, uh, this is where things kind of get a little nasty. So... Um, when it comes to the Marianas Trench, the beginning of the hellish Hadal Deep is pretty much just the halfway point. So, the Hadal Deep starts at 20,000 feet below the surface, while the deepest part, as far as like we know today, parts of the Marianas Trench are well over 35,000 feet deep. So, um, before anybody should go there, maybe it would be a good idea to practice in like one of the other 45 had all areas in the world. And yep, yeah, that is correct. There are no less than around 45 to 46 of other Hadal Deeps, also known as underwater hells, scattered around the world. And we have barely scratched the surface of those because we cannot go there. So um, while weird whale noises are one thing, and uh, but when scientists managed to capture audio from the deepest ocean pit in the planet in 2016, Things kind of got all sorts of creepy. So you'd expect that the Challenger Deep would be a serenely quiet place at 6.7 miles beneath the surface. But recordings show that the area is actually chock full of sounds that sound like something out of a horror movie. Uh, so Challenger Deep, um, which is like, it's on the same spectrum as the Hadal Deep and the Marianas Trench. So the Challenger Deep um, is full of screeching sounds moans, rumbles, and while the occasional sound can be traced back to a whale or an earthquake, a majority of them are still remaining a mystery. Uh, and perhaps the strangest thing about these recordings is the fact that you can often hear the surface sound sounds shockingly clear, where the origins of these other sounds remain a mystery. So, um, imagine a science fiction monster, and there's a decent chance that a variation of it exists somewhere in the depths of the Marianas Trench. So, there are relatively huge amoebas that surround and consume their prey, very similar to a gelatinous cube monster in Dungeons and Dragons. If you, if y'all have ever played, um, I am a DM myself, so I'm uh, very familiar with the game. And uh, 
basically a gelatinous cube is a creature where if it gets a hold of a person it can it eats the person and dissolves them on the inside and uh, funny enough they have amoebas that live in and around the Marian Trench that do something very similar and there are also various translucent and bioluminescent creatures and there are also of course uh, as most of us know many toothed monsters like the freaky anglerfish and the huge goblin shark uh, and not to mention creatures with telling names like the deep sea hatchetfish and the fan fin sea devil so what else is lurking down there uh to be fair the marine life of the marianas trench is not just pure nightmare fodder uh the most fearsome predator of the area is a perfectly unassuming little pink guy called the mariana snailfish which gets along simply because it can live a lot deeper than some of its toothier neighbors um as it's able to exist at a depth of impressively 26,000 or 26,200 feet, 26, feet. Wow, that was hard. Uh, it's free to feast on smaller marine life without the risk of uh, getting eaten itself. And in 2012, uh, James Cameron, yes, uh, the director of the Titanic, um, climbed into a small, specially made submarine and spent two hours and 36 minutes descending to the lowest point of the Marianas Trench. And this was the deepest solo dive in human history. And though Cameron didn't exactly discover the Kraken, as I mean, I, that would be, well, I would say amazing, but I, I would not want to be there. I would just want to hear about it. So um, even though he didn't discover that, um, the Kraken, his adventure yields some mightily interesting scientific results. So apart from various larger and weirder than expected, though not large enough to star in a disaster movie, Bottom Dwellers, um, areas of the trench's bottom are covered by an astonishingly bizarre ecosystem of a thick layer of bacteria that seem to subsist solely on chemical reactions between the water and the rock. It's almost certain that Cameron's dive was just scratching the surface, too, since researchers have estimated that the bottom of the trench might house 50 to 100 species of xeno xenopholyphores, yeah, which are basically more of those giant amoeba um, uh, gelatinous cube type creatures, alone let uh let alone all of the other species of the camera had saw and no doubt many we've yet to discover so what do we know about the marianas trench uh at the moment next to nothing so the researchers keep consistently finding mysterious new species and freely admit that much of the trench and surrounding areas remain unexplored so it is a place of total darkness cold and crushing pressures populated by alien looking creatures and constantly bombarded by constant noise from both man-made and natural resources. So, lastly, in 2019, a diver reportedly discovered several candy wrappers and a plastic bag in the Marianas Trench, uh, a good 35,849 feet deep. And this means that we've already managed to contaminate a place that we've barely even begun to explore. So, I mean, that's also, you know very human of us <clears throat> just saying uh but yeah no um i mean it's definitely a mystery and you know i don't i honestly don't know if we're gonna know anything more anytime soon not until technology gets to a point where we can go down there and we find people who are willing enough to do it um i won't be there i will definitely read about it uh if it ever happens um besides that Thank you all and Jenny for listening to my super awesome story that I had to share today with you guys. Oh, 
Oh, thank you. You're too kind. Thank you. Oh, stop. You're teasing me. I know I'm not that great. Aw, you guys are the best. Thank you. <laughs> yes, I do find myself very funny. But that does bring us to the end of today's episode. Uh, since Jen's not here to kind of share her own thoughts, I'll... Uh, I'll just pretend that uh, she had all the same opinions that I do and that uh, she thinks it's really cool and uh, that she also really enjoys uh, the music of Mariana's Trench. Get out of here. Sorry, one of my co-hosts is trying to yank the microphone away from me. That's okay. She doesn't know what's going on. So um, with that, I suppose that brings us to the end of today's episode. Uh, if you liked it, you can leave us a review on uh, Spotify or uh, or Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to your your podcast. That would be greatly appreciated. It helps us uh, reach new listeners. Um, besides that, we have a website, which is www.wheelofcrime.com, and you can check us out there. Uh, we also have a Patreon, which is Wheel of Crime at Patreon, and you can leave us... Uh, a donation there or subscribe to us and we we do have rewards for the different tiers which is really cool uh otherwise we have social media so it's at wheel of crime on facebook twitter instagram and tiktok and uh we also have an email which is wheel of crime at gmail.com if you would like to mail in and uh, just tell us anything uh what are your thoughts uh what is something you really love about the show um what is something you don't love about the show uh we are all ears and we love hearing from you guys honestly about anything um it definitely offers a more interesting part to my day besides the general like you know wake up work think about pizza make something that isn't pizza and go to bed at night and find different books to read that are stranger than the last so if you could do that that would be awesome and besides that, uh, yeah, I suppose uh, Jen will be back next week and we can talk to you guys then. Um, for now, this is Emily signing off. Enjoy your day, your week, your life. And we will feel your presence on the astral plane, as I like to say, uh, very shortly. So until then, adios, amigos, and take care. Bye!